Hey guys, it's Callan. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Imperfect Me Women. Today's guest is Kelly Andrews, and I'm excited to share her story with all of you. Kelly lived through Hurricane Maria and kind of talks about the experience that she went through with that and three small children, and then also how that has continued to impact her family today and the way that uh, it impacted her in positive ways as well. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear and to uh, be able to relate to her through this episode. I also wanted to kind of just touch on the fact that for some reason, my audio for me was a little bit spotty with this episode. I'm not sure why I will do my very best to try to figure that out for next time. But luckily Kelly's was spot on and had no problems. So the most important part of the episode (laughs) and, and the most important dialogue is definitely there and mine you can hear, but it's just a little bit fuzzier than normal. So embracing the imperfection in that this week and without any more from me, here is Kelly Andrews. Kelly Andrews is a wife and mother of four delightful children and is currently living in Kansas. Kelly enjoyed sports in high school. Kelly later served an 18-month mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Southern California. She was a nanny in New York City for the summer and loves all things New York. She later studied nursing and practiced in nursing homes and clinics in Washington and Kansas. Shortly after surviving a devastating hurricane, weeks after moving to Puerto Rico for her husband's job, Kelly felt inspired to start Step Into Courage to inspire women to gain confidence, overcome their fears, and learn more about themselves. Kelly shares inspiring messages on her Instagram feed, Step Into Courage. She loves hikes, naps, green smoothies, books club, book clubs, nature, and spending time with family. Awesome. I feel like that gave a really good picture of <laughs> kind of who you are and the life that you live. I love that. Yeah, I think um, I'm just like a a diehard Kansas girl. I love, like I said, I love all things New York, but send me to Kansas and I would be happy here for the rest of my life. I just absolutely <laughs> love the air, the vibe here, the people here, the trees, the greenery. I am just, I can't get enough of the beauty here. It's it's unbelievable, especially this time of year and during the springtime. So yeah. I feel like that's kind of unique. I've never heard people like you hear all the time people from Texas or New York <laughs> or California, I feel like, or like die hard about their state. But I don't know that I've heard people be like, yeah, Kansas is my jam. So, <laughs> oh man, I know. I don't either. I, and I kind of, I guess I'm glad because then, then there would be more traffic. So it's just, right. like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the beauty of it. Yeah. There's just something here. So it, it takes a while though. I'm not going to like it. It does. It takes a while to grow on you, but once it does, Uh you're you're sold. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being willing to be on the show today, and I know that you kind of came with your own experiences and your own insight to share. So, just go ahead and start wherever you want with that, and we'll get that going. Yeah. So, um, just kind of start off. 
my husband and I can be maybe a little too adventuresome for our own good. And um, we decided that we would buy his dad's house from him, fix it up, and then we wanted to sell it for a profit. And so, you know, I was pregnant. We had three kids and we were doing, you know, he was doing most of the work. I was doing most of um, the childcare and that was working right. for us. And he had, this is just after he had lost his job. So um, he was looking for work during this time. And then he, one, we had... We had at one point I had mentioned something about how I love the beach and how I want to um, go visit Puerto Rico. And so he kind of had that in the back of his mind when this job opportunity came up and he had interviewed for a job in Puerto Rico. And mm. so it was a little bit of a surprise, not something yeah. we were really trying for, but it just kind of happened. Yeah. And so um, this is during like the house remodel and we were sort of almost finished up, but not quite. And so we, um, he got the job for Puerto Rico. And so we're like, we needed the money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he wanted to go as soon as possible. And it, and so we ended up, um, kind of leaving before the renovations were done. And we ended up having a contractor finish up for us and we leave and we get there and it's in September. And then that week we find out that there is a hurricane coming. And oh, so we were just kind of like, you know, not expecting that and not because I had read online, you know, that's what you do when you're going right. to be moving somewhere. I knew that they had a Costco and that was like the major <laughs> thing. I was like, okay, if they have a Costco. Priorities. Survive. Right. Priorities. <laughs> so it was, it was like, okay, great. You know, I don't really speak Spanish and I didn't know, um, like how much Spanish and English they spoke. There are a lot of people speaking English. So, I mean, it, it worked out fine, but so we get there and then there's a hurricane coming. And so, you know, I wasn't expecting that and not, um, it wasn't in, I'm just going to put this bluntly. It was not in my plan. And the first right. hurricane came and it blew over us. It blew over Puerto Rico. We were living in a hotel at the time because we didn't have uh, an apartment yet or a house. We actually ended up renting a house. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I thought, phew, we're good, right? This hurricane is going to pass by us. And right. I, I feel so blessed. You know, I, I was so blessed. We were so blessed that it did blow over us that first time around. And then find out, you know, a few days later that there's another one coming. And um, so all you do is like you're in, I guess, survival mode. You you try to get as much water, you try to get as much food. Right. And all the while, I mean, we had our stuff was still um, backed. Our uh, like shipping container was still backed up from the first hurricane. So mm. it didn't quite make it to us. And so uh, we didn't have a couch. We didn't have like <laughs> any of those necessities really. And so we did, luckily, um, we did end up buying some cots. And so we did have places to sleep. And I think someone had given us a mattress. And, you know, we had some very basics, some lots of soup, um, some granola bars. It ended up, we ended up using sparkling water because the water 
um, was already being right. used up. So, you know, we had some basics and it's actually we had we were more prepared for the big hurricane, Hurricane Maria, because we did have uh, we did prepare from Hurricane Irma. So it, it um. in a way, the first hurricane was preparation for the second hurricane. And so uh, in a way, it was a blessing that we did have that because we wouldn't have had as much water. We wouldn't have had as much food mm-hmm. um, stored up if it hadn't been from that first one. Um, so yeah, so we, so we're in, we, like I said, we got our house, we rented our house, we have really nice neighbors and the setup, you know, it's a cement house. And so we were not on any like, um, floodplains or anything. Right. So we were, yeah. So it was just a, uh, weathering the storm, basically like our garage flew off and um mm-hmm. but other than that there was really not a lot of damage or um yeah luckily so there mm-hmm. was um the the funny <laughs> the funny thing looking back is that there was this um someone had nailed uh a nail in the wall for like a picture frame i'm assuming mm-hmm. and uh, eventually the water came rushing down through that hole in the wall and it was like spouting out and so oh, yeah. it was like the middle of the night and um, we're like, well, what do we do? And like my finger, you know, I plugged up with my finger and then <laughs> <laughs> we decided that we would use a pencil to to plug it up and we shoved that pencil in the wall and voila, we did not have uh-huh. to worry about our room getting flooded. So wow. that was a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> that one pencil. And um, so, yeah, we made it through. And then there was, you know, there was kind of the the unknown, just the waiting period and yeah, what afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards and not, you know, there's the how are we gonna how are we gonna have enough water? Are we gonna have enough water? Are we gonna have enough food? Um how how is this how long are we going to be without electricity and um, just just a lot of the uncertainties that come after a big storm yeah so yeah yeah so and on top of that you have your children yes (laughs) with you which I'm sure was just like a whole other factor to all of this how how was that trying to manage that with you said you had three young kids at that time you know, um, they really were were amazing through it all. I I have a daughter who um, has a lot of energy, and so thinking back, like how did we make it through? Like it was like a a whole day. Like we were just kind of stuck inside with really not a lot to do. But um, mm-hmm. we did, you know, did do some charades and like we improvised and right. um, so, but she did have she does have a lot of energy she's very social so after the storm you know she was able to luckily we were able to find some friends that you know we had never before met and they were able to hit it off and really entertain each other and Mm -hmm. because I just didn't really I felt like I didn't have that capacity to do that for her and um but yeah the other the other two I think were able to play as well and 
just kind of made friends with the neighbors. And that's the that was our source of entertainment was everyone would come out of their house where before, you know, it's like everyone's like to themselves. But um, right. we it was it was kind of forced to really get to know our neighbors and rely on them and um, for everything. <laughs> we uh, didn't have like a like a light, you know, like they gave us a light, like a little lantern that we could see at night. And yeah, we would go to bed super early because mm-hmm. we didn't, um, <laughs> you, you had nothing else to do. Right. You can't like watch TV or anything when you don't yeah, have power. Yeah, you can't. And yeah. it, you realize how uh, reliant you are on technology and mm-hmm. water. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just fascinating to to just one day wake up and not be able to use those things. and. You kind yeah. of, you play cards, you know, there's this, luckily, like we were able to, like our neighbors were really good to us and we shared and. Yeah. Um, you're able to adapt to it. Adapt. Exactly. And it was for a space of eight days that we did kind of live in the unknown and we did end up uh, taking a private jet out of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So. So you just came right back. After yes. that, okay. sort of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it took a little bit. Um, I so I was like I said, I was pregnant at the time, and so I think okay. I was having a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, not like you wouldn't notice it from the the outside. Like I didn't even think I noticed it myself, but I think I mm-hmm. just wasn't really like breathing like you know really deep breaths or anything I think I was just kind of really surface shallow breathing and so I had some tension in my stomach plus I was um I think my baby was sitting funny he was transverse I think so Uh, that didn't help so I ended up going to um the hospital and during the hurricane and kind of experiencing what they're like after a hurricane but luckily I was pregnant so I did get in quick and um they were able to, you know, tell me some things like you're dehydrated, you have a kidney stone, you have a UTI. And so, (laughs) you know, some of those things that I didn't really know that I had. Um, but that was, you're dealing with all of this while the, while the hurricane was happening or directly after. So so sorry. Yeah. This is after the hurricane. Yeah. So during the hurricane, it was, you know, I still was doing no like you're dealing with all of it yeah all the yeah. symptoms so of it. it yeah so this was like kind of like probably day like six or seven probably day six oh, where yeah. I ended up going and I was throwing I forgot I was throwing up and so that's when I was like okay I need to go to the emergency room <laughs> right so and then and then from there I was like okay I I need to get out of here. Yeah. I need to get out. And that's when I um, called my sister and was like, because we had some plane tickets. But the thing is, is you didn't know if you were actually going to leave when they said that they were going to leave. And so the and then you would have to wait at the airport for, you know, an unknown amount of time. And I was just like, just thinking of that was just so stressful for me. Um, I, so I just called my sister and she, um, was able to 
get a private jet to come and pick us up at wow. um, like a private airport. And so that way I knew it was guaranteed that I would right, get out of there. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember we were in like that private like I had never been in one of these before. It's not a part of the airport. It's like its own entity. But mm-hmm. it was, you know, I was in there and I was just like, I just need some Tylenol. And um, no one, like no one had any Tylenol. And I, you know, I was just in pain. And yeah. even at the ER, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me any um, pain medicine because they're probably like, I don't know. They just thought I was. A drug seeker or something <laughs> as a pregnant I, woman <laughs> I don't know yeah it could have been but I was like well can I get something topically can I get something right anything like, just to take the edge off and, th- and then they were I think finally going to be like okay here's some tramadol just to like uh-huh. shut you up but um but then I was like oh well I'm pregnant so I, I I've never taken tramadol so then I was hesitant hesitant to take it when I they should have right, just gave me new. some Tylenol and that probably right. would have taken the edge off. But so finally we landed, we landed in Florida and, you know, I, we were able to get some Tylenol and I kind of just survived off Tylenol until I was able to make it back to Kansas city and then go to their ER there. So mm-hmm. wow, we did a, did a what lot a crazy of crazy <laughs> experience for you guys to go through. Yeah. All the while navigating three small children. (laughs) It was. And the only, I mean, if it wasn't for family, like my sister flew out, she was in the private jet. So she flew out to Puerto Rico and was there with me when, um, when she picked us up. And then, um, then when we got to Florida, she had to leave to go back to California. And then when we got to Florida, my other sister flew in and, so if it wasn't for them, like I definitely, I could not <laughs> have, have succeeded at all. Like I just, I yeah. wasn't, I was not capable of taking care of my children. I could, my only goal was to like breathe and just try to stay alive. I just kind of was traumatized, mm-hmm. I think. And I was in pain and they just kind of all um, played in together. Like I couldn't, here's the other, looking back on it, like, I don't even remember this person that I was, but I couldn't even really stand up straight. Like oh, I just man. kind of was just, just the pain or I couldn't right. really walk. And so I did end up taking those like terminal, like uh, golf carts around and like uh-huh. just walking from terminal to terminal was not even in the question. I just, I just physically was just kind of done. Spent, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> mentally and like my kids would say something and it just was like I just couldn't handle any kind of mm-hmm. noise or tension <laughs> and I'm sure it was just normal but to me it felt like it was just like had was on steroids or something but so yeah heightened heightened yes. I'm sure by all of the trauma that you had been through and I I kind of think there's some kind of aspect of of being pregnant and how far along were you at that point? Um, I was about four months along. Okay. So kind of middle stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I got to think like, there's got to be this kind of natural instinct. I feel like when I'm pregnant that 
I, I'm more protective of my body. Like there's just this natural, like I have younger kids and if they're going to try to jump on my lap, you're kind of like, ah, like, hold on. Yeah. And you just are careful about everything. You're just so on edge all the time. Even though you don't realize that, like unconsciously it's there of like, okay, I have to take care of my body. My body is growing a human. There's just this natural biological instinct. And so I imagine Having that and then throwing a hurricane on top of that where you're trying to like in this new place where like you don't know anybody and you've got your kids and (laughs) that just seems plus it sounds like a lot of other like you were dehydrated and UTI like that's just (laughs) so much for your body to be going through It, it makes total sense to me that it would have just been in shutdown mode like I can't handle anything else yeah and yeah, and I I think that was hard for me because people I remember there was this lady on the plane and I think she was wanting to talk and I just had to like <laughs> shut my eyes and be like, please don't talk to me. Like uh-huh. you know, and that's not something I would normally do. Like never right. in my life would I do that. I would want to talk to her. So it was just just survival, pure survival mode and luckily I had some angels like my sisters, my mom, everyone just kind of were there to see me through this. And yeah, so I was definitely blessed beyond measure that I was able to yeah. get out safely with my kids. And, you know, when we did land in Florida and there was like, there was like what bottled water there and there were like Starbursts <laughs> on the counter and like, like I know it sounds over dramatic but I just literally was like oh my goodness this place is heaven Uh I just felt that sense of safety and like okay I can do this and so it was definitely a breath of fresh air just landing on our soil so yeah so how do you feel like going through that experience changed you because I can't imagine coming out of that and not being a different person I mean I know you mentioned in your bio that that kind of inspired you to even start your you know your Instagram and and kind of starting to have an impact that way as well so can you tell me more about that yeah I like that question so I think it impacted me in so many different ways but um I think one of the ways I'll just talk about real fast is I think that I thought, you know, I, I questioned a lot. Well, my husband also had a job offer in Washington. So mm-hmm. I would play back and forth. Oh, well, if we would have just taken that job offer in Washington and not gone to Puerto Rico, I kept feeling like I had made a mistake. Right. And I think that is where that wasn't serving me because it's like, you know, you you made a choice and it didn't go the way you thought, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you made a mistake. It doesn't mean you're a mistake because this happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I I tried to I think for a while I thought that God is just punishing punishing me. God is punishing me and I I tried to take it as you know, maybe God's not punishing me at all. Like maybe you know, this was just something that happened. And, you know, um, our trials, I believe, 
I don't think we have to be grateful exactly for the trials that we have, but we can be grateful for what we learn right, the about our trials, the lessons. Right. And for a long time, I didn't know the difference. I thought that, oh, I have to be grateful for this thing that happened to me or um, yeah, that's like, a no, lot of pressure <laughs> to be grateful for such a terrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and no, and knowing that God doesn't hate me and that he wasn't trying to punish me and that, you know, it wasn't necessarily the wrong choice just because some um, natural disasters happen. It doesn't mean that I made the wrong choice. It just means right. these were the consequences with the decision that I made. And my husband made, I mean, we made it together together. and, you know, whether it was the wrong choice or right choice, I definitely feel that we've definitely learned some invaluable lessons and, and it has, I think I can't really put those into words. I know for our relationship, it has, um, there was a lot like of just communication issues that we struggled with and it Mm -hmm. gave us every it brought everything to the surface and so it gave us an opportunity to work through things that I don't think we probably ever really would have worked through had Mm -hmm. we not have had this experience and so I'm grateful for that yeah so I think it's definitely made me face some of uh, situations I normally wouldn't have faced and Help me to, you know, really have stronger relationships with my husband. And um, I'm glad that we, there was a lot of, he ended up not, so back up a little bit, he ended up not leaving the island. He ended up staying. He felt that oh, that yeah. was what he should do. And, you know, I felt like I should go back and have the baby in the States. And, there was, and then I was even unsure about coming back even after the baby. I think there was a lot of fears of more hurricanes and, mm-hmm. you know, so then my husband felt like, well, doesn't she love me? She's not coming back. And I thinking, well, yes, I love you. It's the circumstances. That's the reason why I don't want to come back. So we were able to work through right. a whole lot of different issues and, um, and really just, plain old stick it out even when neither of us knew how our relationship was even going to make it through like we a lot of times it was like we have absolutely no idea how this is going to work out this is it was just too hard for both of us to even to handle and so we just we just kept going and that was all we could do and so I think just not giving up and even though, you know, that's what we wanted to do at times, but I think sticking it out and trusting in that it would all work out. And so I think, yeah, it was a big test of faith and just really just plugging through. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like it, it. it wasn't just the you know, eight day experience that you had mm. with the hurricane, that it was a very lingering kind of impact yes. that that experience had. How long were you and your husband living in different places then? Um, So we ended up when my son was two months, I think so it was probably about an, um, about six months, he ended up 
we ended up going back to Puerto Rico. Okay. And so we lived there. So we lived there for another like eight months. And then I was ready to come back to the States. And so my husband at that time, the second time around that I left, <laughs> which I felt like, you know, I wasn't thriving there. Right. I, I just, you know, I tried it and there's a lot of good things about it and a lot of good people that I'd be forever grateful for that I met. And just, a, I, I am an adventuresome person. So I, I did enjoy just learning about new cultures and everything. But, you know, I just felt like I wasn't thriving there as much as I right. would like. And so I did end up leaving again. <laughs> and uh -huh. But this time around, um, my husband and I, we were on totally different circuit or totally different wavelengths than we were the first time. And okay. so, you know, it was definitely and he was and so he was very understanding, like he was understanding of me leaving the first time. It was just, I think not coming back was a little bit of the struggle for us. But yeah. the second time around, he was definitely, we were both on the same page. And so it, it's, we were apart now and we're kind of just waiting now for some opportunities to open up here in Kansas for his work. So we'll be excited to finally <laughs> be back together again. But yeah, it's still, you know, you know, some, the effects are still being felt even right. long after and, but definitely, definitely at a good place. I feel like now and yeah, our choices really do. <laughs> they really can impact our lives. Yeah. The choices that we make for sure. Yeah. That's amazing that you were able to kind of navigate that. That's, that's such a hard thing to navigate when you like you talked about you're on such different wavelengths and it just seems like it's impossible my husband and I have come against things like that before We're like how are we going to make this work because <laughs> we just both feel so strongly on different sides of this yes it can be oh, so yes. hard to navigate but I'm oh, glad yeah. that you guys it seems like you've been able to reach a little bit more cohesive kind of solution there yes and I think that yeah, and 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 knowing that I think, you know, knowing that I I have a voice and knowing that my voice matters and knowing that, you know, it's okay if it's different from your husband, and mm -hmm. and as long as you can both support each other, I think that is what we both want in our marriage. We both want to be able to support each other, no matter, you know, what the other person needs or wants um but it's just kind of yeah to basically have each other's back and yeah and be okay with it being different and and you know so I think just me really developing my voice my needs and and not feeling bad about it and and not questioning it and not always second guessing yeah. it and really kind of coming into my own voice um, I think has has really happened these last uh, I don't know I'm trying to think how long it's been we'll say about a year and a half so, mm -hmm. so yeah funny. I mean it's it's interesting that because you kind of talked about how going through that the initial hurricane experience your body like there was no denying the fact that you had needs you know <laughs> like like right. you, physically you had 
needs that needed to be attended to right then. And you couldn't ignore them anymore. They were at a place where they just weren't able to be ignored. And so I wonder if that, it was like this like trigger point for you. It seems like almost the way you're talking about it, that it was like, oh, suddenly I, I know how to advocate for that now because I was forced to advocate for that back then. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was like I I couldn't downplay I couldn't downplay like how I was feeling, my sickness that I was feeling and um my pain that I was feeling and yeah, I just couldn't downplay it and I couldn't um and I had to do something about it to get the help that I needed, which you know, usually you could go get your own Tylenol or (laughs) maybe even take yourself to the ER. But it was like, no, I I couldn't physically take myself there. So it was definitely, I I did have to stand up for myself, but also I had to still rely on other people. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that balance between the two, standing up for yourself and then also learning how to let other people help you. Yeah, exactly. Very being very humbled and to having help from other people. That's yeah, it's like a strange I, I guess they're both extremely necessary. You can't yeah. have one without the other. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing. So I know you mentioned I want to give you a little time to talk about your Instagram and kind of what you're doing there. So you came up with this idea. It sounds like once once you started realizing more of your voice and kind of going through that experience. So tell tell us more about what that's about. Okay, so I started the Instagram account when I was in Puerto Rico, so it was definitely um, a good place for me. And um, I got off at Amazon, I ordered this book called Do Something Every Day That Scares You. And it just had like all these inspirational quotes in it. And so, you know, my my mom, I remember I posted something about on Instagram and my mom's like, well, I don't think you'll have to worry about that. You live in Puerto Rico, so you'll be fine. <laughs> it's just like literally every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just like going through the drive through in Puerto Rico, I would do that a lot because it's just kind of how I rolled for a while, but uh-huh. I would go through the drive through and like I would have to um, speak Spanish and, you know, just going to the grocery store because I kind of felt like um, I stood out because we didn't right. live. There are some uh, places in Puerto Rico that are like there's more um, Americans that live there, but the place that we lived was more towards the center of the island and, you know, wasn't a huge population of Americans. So I kind of felt like in a way I did stand out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I, and I typically don't like that, but um, I'm learning to just be okay with it. But so, yeah, just every day was kind of like, you would have to be courageous and these aren't like huge things. These are just like, you know, going to the grocery store, asking for, you know, where an item is at the grocery store would be intimidating for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't, I also kind of had that imposter syndrome, like, what are you doing here? You don't speak Spanish. You, you know, you belong here. You belong here. And so I would question that and I'd be like, well, I don't speak Spanish, so I really shouldn't be here. What am I doing here? And so I kind of would have to fight these demons a lot. And 
Um, so I was, yeah, I, so I think I realized what courage really was and it wasn't in the big things. It was, you know, just trying things, um, and being seen and being okay with being seen and trying new things and not being afraid to, to mess up. And I think that's just kind of how I was able to realize, Hey, I can live my life more and enjoy my life more if I am more courageous. And it's not that I need these big elaborate, like self-help or I need to you know, prove to everyone that I'm amazing or that right. I should be here or no, it's just, I needed to prove to myself that it's okay. You belong here. You deserve to take up space and you deserve to explore your curiosities and mess up. And if you want to speak Spanish, go for it, Kelly. Yeah. Like, give it a try. Do it. Even though, you know, it's you know, you, you might not be what you want it to be. Yeah. 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 So, and then, yeah. And then having, you know, my husband, he does speak Spanish and I think he's very supportive in me trying to speak Spanish and not, (laughs) you know, he's, he doesn't get embarrassed. So it's like, why, why would I, but so. Mm Yeah, I love that so much because I think I think you're so right that we often think of courage as these big, valiant efforts that we make, Mm -hmm. like big, huge goals that we have to strive towards. But it's actually I feel like it's even more tiring and difficult to do the small (laughs) stuff, like even just listening to you going to a grocery store. And I I feel like going to a grocery store with small children is already stressful enough, even in the (laughs) States, you know, like that's a stressful, I have to gear myself up for that experience every week. So, (laughs) so not knowing the language and trying to do that, I can only imagine how stressful that would be or something as simple as going through a drive-thru. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that would be so exhausting after a while to have to keep encouraging yourself through that. And that's where the real courage comes in is is hitting those exhausting moments and thinking, I don't want to do this. And then still being able to go out and make it happen and do the things that you need to do. Yes. Yeah. I think you, you said it well. It's like, yeah, it doesn't have to be these huge, huge things. It could be these little things that require a lot of courage for sure. Like going to the grocery store. It's true. (laughs) Even in the States. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you talked about how it doesn't have to be this perfect effort because I am definitely a perfectionist. I think I often wait around until I know that everything is in the right place before actually doing something. And so I would be in the definite, the camp of like, I'm not going to say a word in Spanish until I'm fluent, which is just ridiculous. (laughs) Cause how are you ever going to get fluent if you don't practice? But. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, luckily I had a friend who taught me that, you know, like she would say to her son, Dame Mano, like, give me your hand. And she would say it out loud for everyone to hear her. And like, she didn't care that she didn't have this perfect accent and, you know, uh-huh. that it wasn't a lot. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, just because you don't have to speak a ton of it to practice it. And like, I'm right. like, well, it's just like a small, like, Dame mano, like uh-huh. it's not like that big of a deal, you know. But she just 
she didn't care. And I loved her example that, and that kind of taught me like, oh, I can do this too. Oh, I can speak to my kids in Spanish too, even in front of people who are, who speak it fluently. I can do it in front of them, you know, even though they might roll their eyes or they might even giggle, you know, Uh (laughs) at me. And it's like, they'll probably be secretly, they'd probably be excited that I was attempting to speak their language, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking about your story and the things that you've learned. And I think it's so awesome that you've opened that up to other women so that they can be courageous with you and kind of follow that journey with you. Um, as yeah, and of, I love what you did on your Instagram as well with your <laughs> your uh, call to courage. That was awesome. Oh so. yeah, thanks. That was a lot of fun. It was it was a challenge for me, even still, like you were talking about with the small things. It's hard to it's hard to do. So yeah. it does take courage. As we finish up the episode, I was just kind of wondering if you have any advice to people who might be going through, I mean, obviously not a lot of listeners are going to go through a, tor- or a hurricane right now, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that. something similar, some life-changing experience, or even kind of like you touched on with just learning about your needs and your own voice, if there's any specific advice or direction that you would give to any of the listeners about that. Um, yeah. So I guess just kind of uh, piggybacking off of um, yeah, I think sometimes we we don't want to say our needs. We don't want to have needs, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't want to inconvenience anyone else. We want we don't want to have yeah. We don't want to have to be that person that um, needs something and that appear appears needy. And um, I think just um, like if you're going through something hard, just know that you can take care of yourself. And it's okay to take care of your yourself. And I think we're always going to be um, probably going through something hard. Mm-hmm. And it's not as like, don't wait, you know, for it to be over. Like, that's kind of what I was wanting. Like, let's, let's have this be over. Let's get through this. You know, right. I don't want to live in the hurricane anymore. Like, can you please take this away from me? But I think as we maybe like stop trying to maybe rush through it, like maybe try and um, just really say, okay, well, what are the, how do I turn this, uh, how can I take advantage of this opportunity right now instead of trying to to wish it away? So like look as it, at it as an opportunity rather than a trial and then and and yeah, and just know it's okay to it's also okay for it to feel hard. It's okay for you to want to get through it, but right. you know, just try and and make sure that you know that there's things that you can learn from it right now and that don't wish it away because you'll you know, we'll we'll be wishing our lives away if we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So well, thank you so much, Kelly, for being on the podcast today and for sharing your story. I'm so excited for everyone to be able to listen to it. And I know that you touched on a lot of things that can make a really positive impact for people. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Imperfect Me Women. I hope that you enjoyed Kelly's story as much as I did and connected with it. It's kind of an amazing journey that she's been on and I think there are parts that we could all relate to. So I really appreciate the fact that she was willing to share her story with each of you. If you want to find out more about Imperfect Me Women, as always, you can visit my website at imperfectmewomen.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under the handle Imperfect Me Women. And I will be linking all of Kelly's information in the show notes as well. If you appreciate the podcast and enjoy and connect to the podcast every couple of weeks when we have a new show, please give me a follow and give me a subscribe. That way I can know that you are enjoying it. And I really appreciate all the feedback that you have to offer about that. So I hope that you all have a good couple of weeks and I will be posting episode number nine in just two weeks. Bye.